Today we're gonna to start with one of the most powerful money lessons that I have ever learned. This comes from Mark Ford, uh, also known under his pen name Michael Masterson, in some of his writings about wealth generation. And this lesson comes down to a simple statement. Get $1 richer every day. Get $1 richer every day. If you can focus on just increasing your wealth, your net worth, by at least a dollar every single day, you are going to be making progress towards getting rich. You are going to be developing the essential habits that will lead to much greater wealth generation. Here's the thing, you can make a ton of money and be broke. You can also make a modest amount of money and get rich. And what it comes down to is that ability to accumulate and specifically a, a term that I'm talking about today, which is the stewardship of money. And so with that, let's dive into today's episode. These are the proven direct response marketing, copywriting, and entrepreneurship success strategies you can use today to write your own ticket and create the life you want. I am Roy Furr, and this is Breakthrough Marketing Secrets. Now, here's today's breakthrough. All right, today's episode, as always, is sponsored by me, specifically last week to a small group of, of uh, people. I opened up my Copy Mentor one-on-one -on -one coaching program for copywriter entrepreneurs. And, um, and if you're building wealth through the skill of copywriting, whether you're an employer or a freelancer, or if you're a direct response entrepreneur, and you want to write better copy, one of the best ways to do that is by getting direct interaction, direct feedback, direct coaching, direct mentorship from successful copywriters who've been there, done that. So if you want to write better copy and bring home more cash, I would suggest that you check out Copy Mentor. Now, it might be a fit for you. It might not. Uh, it is not cheap. You are getting one-on-one. -on -one. You are investing in one-on-one -on -one access to me to help you directly. And so it is not a fit for everybody, but there is a link in the description to Copy Mentor. And although these are not one-to-one -one related, today's topic and Copy Mentor as a mentorship program, what I will say is that uh, this was, as you'll learn, inspired in part by one of the questions that I put on the application. And so I wanted to, <laughs> I started with wanting to reflect on that question about how you uh, choose to make investments in your business. And I ended up with today's episode and talking about stewarding money as a path towards getting rich. So let's dive into the content. <laughs> so the, let's start with this lesson, get a dollar richer every day. What's, what is the power of that? Because obviously, you know, there's 365 days in a year. Gaining $365 this year uh, is, is not necessarily what most people would consider getting really rich, right? Um, and even, you know, 10 years of that, 3,650, uh, what, what uh, 100 years of that would be $36,500. Uh, that's, that's not what most people would consider rich. But what is this? Well, when you practice getting richer by $1 every day, What's happening is you are practicing managing money. You're practicing building wealth. You're learning to consistently set aside cash. You're developing the type of habits that are going to lead to much bigger 
money acquisition and a much bigger net worth and fortune for yourself. And whenever I think about money, I'm reminded of the title of probably the best biography on Warren Buffett out there, which is Snowball. And Warren Buffett believes in this principle of the snowball. So, you know, the, the metaphor is the snowball at the top of the hill. It starts rolling down. At first, it's picking up a little bit. Then it's picking up more and more and more. And pretty soon, it's like an entire avalanche coming down the mountain, right? And that's how he treated wealth growth. He focused on just a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. And it's mirrored in that lesson from, from Mark Ford that if you are learning to gain a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more, then the more snow that you're exposed to, the more money that you're exposed to, the more you are able to acquire. And we can contrast this with, with uh, the lottery winner's curse, which is most people who win the lottery, they are broke, they're in bankruptcy court, they are out of money within about three years because they did not learn this skill of being a steward of money, of acquiring and accumulating money prior to having this big windfall. And so without that skill, all the money in the world can just disappear because they don't know how to handle it. On the other hand, if you know how to handle a small amount, if you can be a good steward of a small amount of money, you are laying the foundation for being able to handle, to accumulate, to be a good steward of a much larger amount of money. So what is this like stewarding, stewarding money? Like if you wanna keep money, you have to steward it. You have to be a good steward. So to be a steward, to steward something is to manage it or to look after it. And, and yeah, part of this is learning how to accumulate the money. Um, and when you start to accumulate the money, even just accumulating and not spending a small amount can be huge. Like when, when I got started saving money on a monthly basis, it was like a couple hundred dollars here and there. Like it was, it was maybe less than a hundred dollars. Uh, some months, but it becomes a self-reinforcing process such that, you know, you, you try to figure out more ways to make money and you try and reinvest as much of that as possible to accumulate as much of that as possible. And again, it's that snowball thing. It reinforces itself that the more of this you do, the better you get at it. And also, if you're focused on it, you'll probably figure out ways to make more money. You'll figure out ways to save more money. And you will, by being a good steward of small amounts, be given larger amounts or find ways to accumulate larger amounts to also be a good steward of. And then, heck, if you win the lottery one day and suddenly you're sitting on $100 million, you'll know what to do with it, right? Because most people who win the lottery don't really understand what to do with it if they actually want to have it pay off for the rest of their life. Now, one of the key things here, if, if we think like... I know that, man, there's, there's a lot of people in a lot of different situations who get my regular content, this Breakthrough Marketing Secrets, right? There are people who are successful entrepreneurs running, you know, seven, eight, nine-figure businesses. Um, and there are also people who are basically brand new to copywriting, maybe in a country other than the United States, um, where maybe the, the average income is lower and their scenario, like whoever it is, right? You could be in the United States and your income could be zero. Whoever it is, you know, they, they think, oh, well, that's easy for you to say, Roy, like you make a lot of money. 
you can easily save a lot of money. Great, good for you, right? <coughs> well, the the part of the reason that I am financially successful today, and I don't like talking about specifics, but I'm rich by most people's standards. Um, part of the reason that I am successful today with money, um, certainly I married well, <laughs> also, um, and, and not because she brought money to the relationship, but because she brought mindset to the relationship. Um, also, because one of the things that we've continuously practiced is a lesson from a story inside a book that are both called The Richest Man in Babylon. And that lesson is to pay yourself first. And uh, the quote, and this is paraphrasing, but it could actually be the exact quote because I've internalized it that much, is 10% of everything you make is yours to keep. 10% of everything you maybe it's earn is yours to keep. And the lesson is to learn to live on the remaining 90%. And the how it's taught is basically if you get 10 silver coins, right? Because it's Babylon, right? You get 10 silver coins, set one aside first, and then figure out how to live off the rest. Figure out how to live off the other nine silver coins. If you get $10, set one aside and figure out how to live off the other $9. And by doing this consistently, then every 10 paydays, you have an additional payday just sitting off to the side, right? As, as available for you. And when you learn to have your money make money on your behalf, when you learn how to invest that money wisely, you do have the potential to that that is further accumulating money. And as you learn to make, let's say, instead of 10 silver coins, 20 silver coins, then you're saving even more. Um, and if you've learned how to live off nine and you're making 20 silver coins, what does that mean for what you're able to save? And there is a there's a lesson from productivity that has applications outside of productivity. Uh, it's called Parkinson's Law, and maybe you're familiar with it. The, the way that it's often taught is that work expands the time allotted to it. But there is kind of an expansion of that, that anything expands to fill whatever capacity is given to it. So applied to expenses, your expenses expand to fill the resources available to pay for them. And so if you believe that that $30,000 credit line on a credit card is resources available to pay for whatever you want, and you and you just choose to have your expenses expand to that, then you're going to be $30,000 in debt. If you only make available the 10 silver coins that you earn this month, or if, if you make available all 10 silver coins that you earn this month to pay for this month's lifestyle, then at the end of the month, you're gonna have zero silver coins left. If you make available nine silver coins to pay for this month's lifestyle, and you set that one aside and you say, this is not available for this month's lifestyle, then you have that one silver coin set aside, right? And so expenses will expand to fill the resources available to pay for them. And if you're setting aside, you know, 10%, then maybe you're going to set aside even more. And, um, and, and actually there are two ways to grow your wealth. You can save more and you can make more, right? So if you're making these 10 silver coins, and let's assume that the average cost of living in this place where, where or you know, let's, let's, switch to, let's switch to dollars. You're making $100,000. And you know, the average person in your small, small knit community, your neighborhood of town, whatever, um, the average household is, is making $100,000 and spending $100,000. 
then if you are making $90,000, okay, you're spending a little bit less than your neighbor. Or if you're making $100,000, but only spending 90, maybe you're, you're, you're making a little bit less than your neighbors. Now, um, if you want to accumulate more money, you could try to save more, but that's only going to take you so far. So you're living in a neighborhood where everybody's spending $100,000. You figure out a way to spend efficiently. So you're spending $90,000. Well, if you want to save twice as much, now you have to figure out how to live off $80,000. And it's certainly possible. Um, but there's, there's, there is a diminishing uh, potential for additional savings. On the other hand, if you grow your income, you know, number one, it means that the same percentage is actually more money. So, um, so, so like if you're making $100,000 and then you bump that up to $120,000 per year, then the same percentage, that same 10% goes from 10,000 to 12,000, right? So it's, it's more, but it's better um, that if you learn how to save more when you make more, up to really 100% of that additional income. So, so let's imagine that you're in this, in this world where, you know, you are making an even $100,000 and you bump that up to an even $120,000. And of course, it, you know, just going with that 10% of everything you earn is yours to keep, savings could go from $10,000 to $12,000. But if you make this stewardship of money, the saving practice, a habit, and you feel good about it, and it's a self-reinforcing process, maybe you decide that I don't need to spend the extra, you know, $18,000 that would come from this. Maybe I could double my savings to $20,000 and I'd still have $10,000 in extra cash from that raise from $100,000 to $120,000. And that type of thinking accumulated over a lifespan, accumulated through time, really can add up to a ton of additional savings and a ton of additional wealth creation or, or wealth accumulation. Now, one thing that I will say, and I kind of spoke to the debt earlier, you have to be careful with debt. A good steward of money is going to be very wary of debt. I'm not saying they will avoid it. And I know that some financial gurus will say you should never be in any debt. You should always just pay off all your debt, etc. cetera. I, I, I don't necessarily believe that way. I believe that you have to be very careful because debt will very quickly overrun you and debt can be very, very, very expensive. So one thing that I think that everybody should do is use debt to build credit. And this is absolutely huge because the better your credit is, the better deals you're going to get on things like a mortgage or you know any kind of loan that involves an interest rate that's determined based on credit history. Those can get really expensive really fast if you don't have good credit. And if you have great credit, you're going to be able to borrow money on very advantageous terms. And so one really easy thing that you can do is as long as you're able to stay within that window of, you know, let's say that the, the 90%, right? Or it could be 80%, it could be 50%, whatever it is. As long as you're able to stay with that within that window, if you are able to put whatever part of your monthly spending on credit, that you are able to, and then pay it off every single month before the bill's due date, so you're not paying any interest rates, then there's a huge benefit, a huge benefit to using credit cards and short-term consumer debt. Uh, number one is you are developing that credit history, but number two, you can 
get all sorts of free things with the points. So I'm not going to go deep into that here, but if you want to fly around for free, uh, you know, we've accumulated a whole ton of airline miles off of just putting all our monthly expenses on, um, on credit cards and paying them off every month. And I have airline miles in my business. I have airline miles in my personal, et cetera. Right. And so you can do things like fly for free. Uh, if you are just spending money on credit every month and paying it off every month. Of course, if everybody does that, they won't be able to afford the airline miles, but good thing everybody won't do it. You can also use debt for assets that are likely to maintain value or increase in value, um, especially things like house, your house and education. I am wary of car loans. Uh, the last time we bought a car, we wanted to buy it with cash and they convinced us to take credit for 90 days because the dealer got an incentive um, and they were able to give us a cheaper price after we had paid for the 90 days of credit uh, by agreeing to take out a five-year car loan or something and make the first three payments. Uh, but things like a house that is it's likely to maintain the value over time, possibly increase in value, I don't rely on that. I don't think you should speculate on house prices, but um, a house is likely to yeah, mostly maintain value, uh, especially over a long enough time period. Education is uh, is likely to increase your earning potential. Um, again, limited and contextual. And, you know, you buy housing in an overpriced market and um, <laughs> and it's not necessarily guaranteed to increase in value. You buy a degree that's not very valuable and that's not likely to increase in value. But debt for these reasons can maybe be useful. Uh, it it's also potentially dangerous. Any debt is potentially dangerous. The one type of debt that I think that a lot of entrepreneurs can use very carefully is, uh, is debt for high probability investments. So for example, uh, if you have a proven advertising funnel and this thing is, is churning out new customers and you have predictable ROAS and um, you have a little bit of wiggle room, for if the if the if the performance varies from day to day, week to week, month to month, then you can uh, thoughtfully and carefully use debt as a way to acquire more customers than you could potentially acquire with cash, and that can pay off pretty well. Uh, but again, that relies on having that kind of super high probability investment that you can do with it. Um, and so. Basically, uh, debt, you know, if I'm going to summarize this debt thing is be ultra careful with debt and don't invest in anything that's going to decrease in value quickly and use debt to bring future consumption into into today. Uh, don't don't use debt in a way where, uh, you know, the longer that you are in debt, the more underwater you become. Uh, now, in terms of stewarding money. Getting back to that accumulation of money, uh, one of the most valuable, most powerful things that you can do is to build what I call a freedom fund. Other people have called it like a rainy day fund or a war chest or FU money, right? Uh, the, the whole idea is to set aside some money that, that gives you freedom, that gives you the freedom to turn down the client who you know is not a fit, that gives you the freedom to invest in certain things, that gives you a freedom to... Uh, to not be desperate when you are perhaps pursuing a new business venture, et cetera. So the first thing you want to do is build up at least 
three months, maybe six months of expenses. It's just set aside for that and then start making investments in your future. So one thing that you could be doing is just set aside retirement investing, right? Like set aside like post-tax, whatever, set aside money that's available for later beyond that three to six months, but then make smart investments, invest in your skills, invest in mentorship, invest in, in whatever, knowing that the more money that you are putting into this freedom fund, the bigger that fund is, the more that you are maximizing your freedom. So part of that can be longer term, like being financially free so you never have to work another day in your life. Part of that can be shorter term. I have the freedom to make a good investment when I know that I see a good investment versus I'm having to use a credit card to buy or I'm having to use debt to buy something that I'm hoping is going to pay off or something like that, right? You're much better off having the 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 the, the mental clarity that comes from knowing that you were able to steward that money to accumulate the right amount that you were able to make a smart investment in yourself. And it's better if you can accumulate multiple freedom funds. So maybe you have a personal freedom fund that's kind of out of reach of your business and maybe you have a business freedom fund that you're going to use for more like investing in your business. If you want to start driving traffic to a new offer, it's good to have a freedom fund of maybe 10 or $15,000 easily before you are really starting to experiment with traffic so that you have uh, some bandwidth in order to make sure that it's working before you need it to make money. That's part of the things that you can do with a freedom fund. And the other thing that you can do with this freedom fund, if you get really good at stewarding money and accumulating money and having some flexible money left over, um, is to have basically a rich life fund. And that is extra money that you have that allows you to just spend what you want on the things that you want, especially spend what you want on the experiences that you want guilt-free. And so like, for example, we're going to New York City and uh, we're doing that this summer with the family. And we're just going to, you know, we're going to explore New York City, have fun. And we're able to go and we're not putting on credit cards and any of that. Like we're just going and we have freedom and flexibility to just decide, hey, we want to go to New York City. We want to stay in Manhattan. We want to go probably to a Broadway show. We want to do these things that are great experiences. And um, we regularly take family trips and are able to do those things because, because we have accumulated a freedom fund that part of it, a very small part of it really, is aimed at being able to invest in experiences like this. And, um, and, and continuing with this whole idea of stewarding stewarding money so that you can accumulate it so that you can get rich. One thing that a steward does is they, they, they put it to good use. And so if you were asking somebody to steward money for you, right? If you were asking them, you would expect them to invest in good things, um, to put it to whatever positive use was most appropriate. And in the context of your own stewardship of money, it's really important that you find ways to be generous. Uh, this can be nonprofit, so you can invest in things that improve the world to uh, improve the community. It can be businesses, it can be uh, payroll, it can be, uh, it can be all sorts of ways that you can be generous. It does not have to be formal, like it doesn't have to be a tax deductible uh, contribution to some nonprofit, right? 
It can be as simple as being generous in tipping service workers, uh, being generous with your contracts, in partnerships, finding ways that it can be mutually beneficial. And, and really it's about not holding on too tight because uh, as much as stewardship is about accumulating money, it also involves recognizing that money is made to flow. Like money flows, money wants to flow. And if you let it flow to good places, if you're putting it to good use by letting money flow to good places, there is some kind of X factor, I don't know what it is, that money seems to flow to you as well. And that can be, uh, it, it's never one for one. Sometimes it's like 10 for one that, oh, I found this great place to put some of my money to be of benefit. And suddenly I have 10 times as much money as I just put there showing up. And I don't know what it is. But that does tend to happen. And if you talk to people who have accumulated a significant amount of money, most of them have a similar experience. Which all brings me to like if the, the original inspiration for this episode. So I have this like expense or investment question that I ask on my copy mentor application. And the question is, if you wanted to make a $10,000 investment, in your career slash business, where would that come from? If you wanted to make a $10,000 investment in your career slash business, where would that come from? Now, I want to recognize here that most people, like when surveyed, most people don't have $1,000 to pay for an emergency expense. Now, a lot of those people have a $2,000 TV that they bought on credit. They have a $400 a month car payment, and they just suck at saving. It's not that the money has not come through their hands that $1,000 has flown, has flown. I, I meant to say flowed, but really it flew through their hands, right? Um, and they are not being good stewards of money. They're not learning to save money. They are the same people who would lose, you know, all of the lottery winnings if they were to win the lottery. And it's maybe not even their fault because our entire culture helped the national debt is built on the same premise, like it sets the example that we can borrow money to live the lifestyle that we want, and that's a good thing. <laughs> but people who grow wealthy, pretty much all of them have learned to save. You know, start a dollar a day, $10, $100,000, $10,000, $100,000, dollars right? They start to save and their wealth snowballs and they are good stewards of the money. And the people who maintain wealth, especially, do learn to be excellent stewards of the capital. And so when I ask this question about making a $10,000 investment in your business, part of what I'm trying to figure out, like that's not actually the price of my copy mentor program. It's close enough that it, it, it's a relevant question. But the, the, the thing is, like it's it's... It tells me a little bit about your stewardship of money, right? And so if the way that you fill in that blank is that you need to go into debt, like you're going to put it on a credit card, uh, you probably need me, <laughs> but you're probably also not ready. Uh, I, I'm concerned about your stewardship of money. If you have to be, I mean, honestly, there are people out there who sell coaching programs and one of the steps of closing the deal is to get that person to apply for a new credit card that will give them enough credit that they can pay for the coaching program. 
in my mind, that is borderline criminal. <laughs> I don't want you to go in debt to pay for my program, even if you would make it back, you know, before the first payment was due. I don't necessarily want that, right? I want you to have developed a little bit of stewardship of money to the point where this is not that kind of investment that creates the sense of intense desperation and has significant negative ramifications if, for example, you're not able to implement, <laughs> right? Uh, I think that the people who are, for example, answering things like, hey, I'd get, I'd get another client to pay for it. I would get another client. I would do a little bit of extra work for that client, but I would come out even or maybe even a little bit of ahead. I mean, that's smart. That's creating income to pay for expenses. That's a way that I've invested in my business a lot. Like I've said, okay, I'll work a little bit harder for this period of time so that I have that investment capital so that I am able to, you know, so that I'm able to make whatever investment I want. Or even better, like, cash on hand. Like if you have that cash on hand, it proves that you've been a steward of money, that you are a steward of money, that you have good money habits. And also those habits are going to translate into things like success in a mentorship program. Because when you are practicing this habit of whatever it takes to get a dollar richer every day, you're probably practicing other pretty good habits too that are going to allow you and one of the things that I've said about coaching is usually my best coaching clients are people who are going to win anyway. I just accelerate their path towards whatever winnings they're going to accumulate. And when you are a good stewardship of money, you're probably one of those people who's going to win anyway. And you're going to make the best use of everything that I'm able to give you, all the ways that I'm able to help you. So if you are interested in learning more about the Copy Mentor program, um, again, acknowledging that $10,000 question is somewhat representative of the price. Uh, not exactly, um, but it, it helps me know where you're coming from. Uh, you should know that with Copy Mentor, I have reopened this one-on-one -on -one personalized mentorship program for copywriter entrepreneurs. And if you're building wealth through copywriting, whether that's being an employee or a freelancer or a direct response entrepreneur, a copywriter entrepreneur, and you want to write better copy and bring home more cash, then it might be worth checking out if Copy Mentor is a fit for you. Check the link in the description. I'm Roy Fur. This is Breakthrough Marketing Secrets. And hey, whether you are interested in copywriting mentorship or not, like we went through a lot of powerful principles on wealth building here. And if you really internalized all of this and started turning it into habits, you know, regardless of what you learned from me on the copywriting front, this has the potential to have a massive, massive impact on your career, on your life, on your wealth accumulation. Uh, so I would encourage you to take this seriously because I do. <laughs> and I want, I want you to be wealthy. I want you to be rich. I want you to have financial abundance. I want you to have financial freedom, importantly, to be able to live the life that you want to live. And that's not necessarily just buying fancy cars. That is, I mean, because you can, you can buy a lot of fancy cars and you can be broke. If your cost to maintain that fleet of fancy cars and the house and all of that eats up, you know, all of your income, then you're broke no matter how much you have. Or 
you could be buying fancy cars and you could be generating a ton of wealth, accumulating a ton of wealth because you're applying the same principles. You could also be driving a Toyota Corolla and be accumulating a ton of wealth because you're applying these same principles. All right, that's what I have for you today. Every day with every episode, I'm here trying to increase your marketing genius one episode at a time. And hey, what's, what's all this marketing genius worth if you're not able to keep a significant chunk of what you earn? That's what we did today. And I will catch you again in the next episode. I'll see you soon. Thank you once again for tuning in to this daily episode of Breakthrough Marketing Secrets. Remember, check out the links with this episode for even more value. Now make sure you like, comment, share, subscribe, and engage in every way you can to keep this show going and growing and delivering daily value to you. I'll catch you soon for your next big breakthrough.